Uncommon Commons is a horror anthology podcast written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Today's story is Up to My Neck by George Plank. John? John? John! What? Why is there sand all over the apartment building? I don't know. Did you track it in? From where? The beach? I've been saying we should leave our shoes by the front door so we don't track in mud or other outside materials. Outside materials. You're right! I've been getting tired of cleaning up all the void on the carpet! Well, good news! There's not that much carpet anymore. Just all this sand. Were you always that short? I seem to remember you being a bit taller than me. Huh. Now that you mention it, I seem to recall you used to have feet. What? Oh, boy! That's not good! (laughs) This is so random. I was reading the Void Telegraph, you know, the local paper, and my horoscope said that I would start sinking into apartment sand if I didn't read my story. Uh, See? You, John, will sink into sand. Why are you reading this? Read the story? Well, it's a good thing I already stopped off at the mailbox. Here. The horoscope did say your name. Go ahead. See? Now wasn't this worth it? The pair had driven for over an hour and braved the perils of finding beach parking in the middle of August, but Vanessa couldn't help but agree. Despite growing up in a beach town herself, Vanessa hardly ever made it out that way anymore. Under the hot summer sun, the sand was almost too hot to even walk on, but they persevered until they found a nice open spot about halfway to the water. The two of them laid out their towels and their oversized umbrella. Vanessa couldn't wait to get into the surf, but she couldn't pass up this opportunity to get a little sun in. The beach was a little bit more crowded than she would have liked. Honestly, she was glad they were able to grab as clear a spot as they did, because within minutes the whole beach was almost completely packed. She could hear the chatter of other beachgoers who had set up their towels near hers. People were exchanging details about the books they were reading, asking if they looked good in their new swimsuits, and kids asking their parents for another soda from the cooler. From the water, she could hear the giggles of kids splashing each other. From one side, a teenage boy shrieks in surprise, claiming that something in the water bit him. His friends laugh as they hold up what Vanessa could barely make out to be a tiny white crab, not much bigger than a silver dollar. The youth's friends kept laughing until one of the crab's claws managed to catch a small bit of finger skin and clamped away. The other teenager yelped as he flung the crab back into the sea. At first, she thought that maybe there was a competition or something similar going on because almost every child had some kind of brightly colored shovel in their hands and were digging holes in the sand. Vanessa, of course, used to do the same thing when she was younger. She would go out to the beach every week with her shovel and pail and try and dig to China or the center of the earth, whichever came first. She never got that deep, of course. The bottom of her pit would always end up filling with water, so her and her friends would just take turns burying each other up to their necks. She took her spot on her towel and laid out under the sun. She had Rachel slather her with SPF 3 million sunscreen. 
She stretched her legs beyond the boundaries of her towel and dipped her toes into the sand. It was still very hot, but the deeper she went, the more comfortable it became, like a pair of socks fresh out of the dryer. She had read in some article years ago about how sand was used to filter out the toxins from the water, and between all the grains of sand there were countless toxins as well as dead skin, bones, and waste material. There was no way of knowing what lay beneath at any moment. Vanessa knew this, but continued on burying her feet deeper and deeper into the sand. Between the sun and the warmth of the sand, Vanessa found it difficult to keep her eyes open. Her sunglasses were pushed all the way up to her nose, and she slipped gently into the ebb of her own mind. She was yanked free from her catnap by the sound of some screaming from further down the beach. She rose to her feet to peer over the dwindling but still present crowd. Closer to the shoreline, she saw a couple sitting on a picnic blanket, and they had their hands covering their face. Across from them, some muscle junkie was knocking over sandcastles and kicking sand their way. Hey! Her effort to get their attention over the din of the crowd was in vain. Vanessa, always quick to action, sprung to her feet and started marching across the scene. She clutched her sun hat under her palm so it wouldn't fly away. She glared at the bully over her sunglasses that were now quickly working their way down the bridge of her nose. Perhaps it was her blind determination or the fact that her sunglasses were creating a sizable blind spot, but before she could even say anything to the offender, her steps sent her careening head over heels into the sand pit. The sand underneath her was soft and spongy and noticeably damp and was probably her saving grace. Looking up, she had fallen several dozen feet. Those kids from before were much more industrious than she had ever been as a child. In addition to being many feet deep, the hole seemed to branch out into a long and winding tunnel. She called for help, but none came. Those kids must have gotten out somehow, she thought to herself. So she journeyed deeper still into the sandy catacombs. Smaller, narrow holes helped to light her way in the otherwise dark tunnels, shining beams of light down to the tunnel floor. In her periphery, she noticed several small white somethings moving around. As she got closer, she noticed small crabs disappearing into the holes in the walls and floor of the tunnel. She smiled a little to herself as she recalled hours upon hours of nature documentaries, where a soft-spoken British man recanted the many places similar crustaceans lived. Aside from her sandy footsteps, the only sound that she could hear was that of the crabs scraping and tunneling through the sand and the occasional plop of some sand falling from the ceiling. As she made her way through the tunnel, past the several paths and branching intersections, her steps crunched gently through the slightly damp sand. And then slightly more damp sand. Soon, the path she had taken resembled tiny tide pools. She also noticed that she was seeing crabs less and less, each one scurrying into their tiny holes, the sound of their scraping was slowly being replaced by a loud rumbling coming from behind her. She turned around and noticed that not only were her footsteps filled with water, but they were starting to overflow. The ground beneath her feet was becoming more and um, the ground beneath her feet was starting to become more water than sand. She noticed the white foam on the head first before she could even tell what was coming towards her. The massive wave of water was quickly filling every available area of the tunnel. Vanessa had to pull her leg out of the sand before she could even hope to turn heel and run. She barreled forward. Her feet started to sink deeper and deeper into the floor, which was starting to resemble quicksand more and more. To look back would be to consume more of the time she knew she didn't have. She could hear the roar of the wave getting louder and louder. She spotted a very well-lit clearing just ahead of her. She ran faster than she had ever run before and bumped into the side of the wall that made a sort of archway. Unfortunately for Vanessa... The clearing resulted in a dead end, a round pit similar to where she had started from. Fortunately, when she bumped into the wall, some sand became dislodged. The area around the archway began to quake, and when it looked like the wave was about to completely overtake her and enter into the clearing, the entryway collapsed, effectively 
blocking the rushing tide. For now. She was safe, but for how long? Her attempt at finding an exit had resulted in her standing at the bottom of another hole with no way out. She could feel the area around her feet getting more and more damp as she realized that if she didn't get out soon, the floor might swallow her up completely. Again, she screamed for help as loud as she could. And this time, she was rewarded with the silhouette of Rachel standing at the top of the pit. Thank God you're here, Vanessa cried. You've got to get me out. But her friend didn't reply. It was getting later in the day, so the sun was no longer overhead. Rachel's finer features could be seen even as far down as Vanessa found herself now. She could also plainly see that Rachel had something bright and yellow in her hands. Vanessa squinted her eyes and made it out to be a plastic shovel, mere seconds before the first bit of sand came down on Vanessa's head. For a few minutes, Vanessa stood there, confused, wiping each new pile of sand out of her hair and eyes, and Rachel continued to pour it on. After a moment, she considered that Rachel was trying to help her, and that she could just tamp down the sand and she would eventually get to the top. Good idea! Rachel said nothing. Vanessa tried to raise her leg to start stepping on the new sand, but she found that both of her legs were planted, and were slowly being swallowed by the wet sand underneath. Wait! Stop! I can't move! Rachel kept shoveling. The sand started to accumulate around her calves, thighs, hips. Vanessa tried to push with her arms, but those were quickly overtaken with sand too. Soon she was unable to move at all. She was barely able to breathe, let alone scream, as the pressure around her chest and torso was mounting. It was up to near her neck when she heard the faintest sound. Not a roaring like the wave from before, but a faint scratching. She turned her head just the slightest bit and saw a crab emerge to the surface. Then another crab surfaced. And then another. And another. And possibly countless others where she could not turn her head. Rachel sent another scoop of sand crashing down into the hole and all the crabs took shelter in their burrows. Again, Vanessa heard the sound of the crab's excavation, but it was the sound of nearly a hundred or so crabs digging all at once. The crabs, trying to escape whatever was trying to attack them from above, were digging further and further into the sand. Dead set on their mission of survival, the crabs couldn't possibly tell the difference between the sand and the flesh they were now boring into. Vanessa screamed as a team of tiny pincers pierced her body, but the only thing her screaming provided her was a pile of sand filling her mouth. Vanessa's vision began to fade to black. She could tell that her friend had no intention of stopping at the neck, as Rachel had unloaded more and more sand into the hole. There is something incredibly morose about a beach once all the people have left. Leftover popsicle wrappers and other snack packaging litter the ground. Footprints from people coming and going over the course of the day, and as Rachel made her way to the car, there was also a single yellow shovel sticking out of the sand. Well? Well what? Why are we still sinking? The horoscope said to read the story. It didn't say that reading the story would stop us from sinking into sand, just that I would sink into sand. So the horoscope is batting one for one. I knew you would drag me down with you one day. Uncommon Commons is a podcast. It was recorded and written by Alex Vitali and George Plank. 
Our theme song is written by Charles Adam Robinson. Contact us on Twitter at un underscore commons or zero nullstreet at gmail.com. Like and review us on iTunes. Stay. And remember, nothing is real. <laughs>